0: I'm so excited about what God has for us this morning and I've asked uh, brother Ray Hansen uh, he's one of our missionaries here at our church he uh, has an orphanage there in Reynosa and he's just been a blessing to me a friend uh, he's been a mentor he's man, he's been a man that's walked consistently with God uh, not just for a few years not just four or five years but for decades and I'm so thankful for his example I'm so thankful for his friendship And I know that whatever God has laid on his heart uh, this morning will be a challenge and will be for our edifying. So, uh, uh, Brother Hanson, if you would come and share with us what the Lord has laid on your heart.
1: Thank you, sir. Well, it's good to be be asked to come and to share. I don't know if what I'm going to share is going to be a blessing or not. But you have to remember, my, my, my heritage is that I'm a coach. Now coaches are sometimes nice people when you win. <laughs> Other times, they're not such nice people. I also have the heritage of being a principal. Uh, when I was a principal, we were used to spank kids. I'd be in jail. <laughs> so you just need to know my background. We wanna we wanna be able to share something that's gonna be from the heart of a coach. And uh, uh, last night uh, uh, we had a quinceanera for one of our new girls in the children's home, uh, Ruby. Uh, Ruby and five others, six kids came at one time from the child welfare system of Reynosa. Uh, We don't know if this is going to be a trend where we're going to start to take older kids. We never used to. But the mentality of the state-run orphanage in Reynosa is when they get to a certain age, they're a painting. And they take the little kids in and they take care of them. But when they get old, they get... And we took in six. Uh, Two weeks ago, we had a quinceanera for one of them. Last night we had another quinceañera, uh, and uh, we got a couple more coming. So it's my wife is the queen of quinceañeras. (laughs) Uh, We have probably had thirty quinceañeras, but Ruby last night, Ruby was uh, her mother and father died when she was ten years old. Uh, uh, The father then left and went to Veracruz with the two boys. And she was given to an aunt, but not a real nice aunt. The aunt put her out in the street to sell chicklies And we take the money from her. She wasn't in school. She finally ran. She got picked up and got placed in the children's home. And at 15, they asked us if we would take her. Of course I'll take her. Of course we'll take her. My wife had a very similar experience. Her parents died, raised by an aunt and uncle, had a very special connection with Ruby. Now that's the good news. That's the happy time. This is an example of sandwich psychology. Does anyone know what sandwich psychology is? When you have a confrontation, you try to start the confrontation with something nice and easy and sweet to get their confidence. Then the second part is what you put in between, the bread. And that's the message, either correction, whatever. And then you're supposed to finish it with another piece of something good. I don't have that. (laughs) So I tried to warm you up with that sweet story about Ruby. And shes I told her last night, I said, Ruby, we can't change one thing of your history. You are what you are. But God's got a great plan for your life. She was so excited. She was so nervous. First time anyone showed exceptional uh, kindness to her. We took her to the pho- photo studio. Escorted her. Come on, Ruby. We had a uh, rondaya. Ten member of last night. We had food and we had candies and we had games and she was just amazed. That's the way it is. Ruby, you're not alone anymore. It's going to be great. Okay, that's all the nice stuff. We are living in some really troubled times. We are living in some exceptional times. And exceptional times require exceptional reactions. I don't know how, how so many things and so many crimes and so many things, different things, we, we, we're actually able to see them all over the world. It's because of this. Anybody got a cell phone? I think you all do. We've all become expert Videographers. I used a video on YouTube last night, yesterday during the day. My wife asked me to fix the vacuum cleaner. I am not talented at all. That is not my gift at all. And so I had to go to YouTube, and YouTube had the answer. How'd they put that on? Everything we do is videotaped. I'm going to give you a chance today to write a script for a videotape to put on your YouTube. I want to take a conclusion, one scene. We're going to take it out of the Old Testament, and we're going to ask you, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to coach you. How did that happen? And then after that, I don't know what we're going to do. Have your Bibles open to Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. That's First Samuel. Second Samuel's right next to it. There it is. I don't know how many of you guys have heroes. Uh, me being from Chicago, uh, uh, Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, Dick Butkus. All those guys are exceptional people. They're here. But I got a guy here who makes them all look like little wusses. <laughs> Chapter 23, and verse 20. And Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man, who had done many, many acts, He slew two lion-like men of Moab. We're not going to talk about that because I don't know what that is. And as I research it, no one else really knows what it is. If I would have found out what it was, I would have shared it with you, but I don't know what it is. And this is the phrase I want to talk about. And he slew a lion in the midst of a pit in a time of snow. How did he get there? What what happened before Ben and I? How did you get to the point where you were in front of a pit that had a lion in it? So we're going to set scene one. It's a snowy day. Now, y'all don't know much about snow. (laughs) I'm from Chicago. I know about snow. I remember a day in, the, in 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 75 when this snowstorm com- completely collapsed the school, uh, the city. It was frozen down. We couldn't move. We couldn't go anyplace. But me being a new Christian, I was full of zeal, and I was going to take my family, and we we're going to go to church. Uh, we lived on church property, and I had to go across the soccer field, which was a field really, just a field that we'd put cones in there. We called it a a soccer field. And we had a walk, and I had four children under eight years of age and my wife. And we're going to go to church. And I mean, and it's snowing. And it's deep. And I'm halfway through that, dragging these kids, and I'm exhausted. I'm thinking, which one do I leave here? <laughs> Can I make it? And if I make it, can I get back? Exhausting. Well, we got to church. We were the only ones there. <laughs> Pastor didn't show up. No one else showed up, but I was there. So I know a little bit about walking through snow. Uh, so here's our first scene. I see Ben and Ia walking in some type of forest or or or. or or it's trees, and he's walking, and he's got a spear. Didn't need a license to carry a spear. God gave him that right. I'm not going to get political. I'd like to, but I'm not going to. So he's walking, and it's snowing, and he's trying to see. I don't know where he's going. I think it's during the daytime. I I don't know what he has to do. He's walking. And all of a sudden, out of his eye, he sees some movement. And then he stops and he looks again. And it's a lion. And he comes face to face with this lion. I don't know how close he got. He's got a problem. He's got got a a 500-pound lion who can run 36 miles an hour and can leap 30 feet and here he is alone in a forest with a spear. I don't know what's going through his mind. I sort of think that he was saying if I run, that's not going to have a good conclusion. Man in a race with a lion Usually, the lion wins. The lion catches him, he leaps on him, and has a man witch for lunch. <laughs> That's usually the result of a man and a lion in combat. But something happened. Now, this is not in the book. The results are in the book. Now, we got to write the second scene. What happened? I don't know if it was the meanness in his eyes, the courage in his eyes, or the sight of the spear, but that lion starts to move away from him and starts to run. If I was Ben and I, I'd say, man, that was close. I'm going home. I got out of there. But Ben and I didn't do that. Ben and I took Royce to chase him, and he's running, and he's chasing him. The guy is lying so far ahead, he's tired, and he starts to walk. But he can follow the prince in the snow. And he follows the prince, and all of a sudden, he comes to a pit. I don't know how big, how deep, but the lion, for some reason, is in the pit. I don't know if it was an accident. I don't know if that was his home. I don't know if that's where he felt safe. And Benaniah comes up to the pit. And he's standing there with his spear. And he looks in at the lion. Now, again, if that's me, end the scene two. Man, he's okay. He's not going to get me from there. I'm home. I'm getting out of here. Ben and I didn't do that. I don't know what went through his mind. I don't know. He said, if I don't get that lion, it can hurt somebody. It might be my family. It might be somebody back in the town. I don't know what was going through his mind. But for some reason, Benaniah jumps in the pit. And he's in a pit with a lion. And he's got a spear. Let me tell you something. If you're in a pit with a lion, you've got a problem. You've got a real serious problem. End of scene three. Silence. The music is playing. What's happening? And all of a sudden we hear screeches and yells and screams coming out of the pit. Remember, we're making a movie. That's not in the book. The results are in the book. And all of a sudden we hear some rumbling. And here comes Benaniah. With a spear in his hand and blood all over the thing, man. I, what courage, what strength, what an ability to overcome your fear, to go at something with against all odds. Wow, I, you're my hero. End of story. And today, in 2020, I have never seen a country or a world or churches or individuals so overcome with fear and lack any courage in my whole life. I have never, we are afraid of Everything. Disease came. <laughs> the other day I was getting Lucy her driver's license. <laughs> it came time i pay, and she called me out to the car because I couldn't go in with her because I, I was dangerous to be in there. I don't know, they had a line and numbers and all that kind of stuff. So I had to go and pay, and I gave out a $20 bill, brand new $20 bill. And the lady goes, I don't have any gloves. If you call somebody else, take the money. I said, what are you afraid of? You're not going to die. <laughs> afraid of everything. Afraid of our shadow. You know what? Ben and I had a big problem. But I think our problem is pretty big, too. I think our problem is, is, is that we have lost the fight. We have given in. I'm not talking politically, I'm talking spiritually. We have allowed this world and the place that we live to be compromised and a compromise and we obey and we follow and we follow and we failed to draw a line, fail to draw a line. Where do I take my stand? I don't know what your problem is, but you got a problem. You might have this very simple problem. You might have a financial problem. You might have lost your job. You might have a marital problem. You might have trouble with your children. You might have some kind of problems. And you might be intimidated at work, never able to mention the name of Christ, never mention where you stand politically, and you're afraid. to. And fear has paralyzed us. And God never intended for us to be paralyzed. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace to people. I brought a sword. When we were saved, we not only got a fire insurance from hell, we not only got a home in heaven, but we were gifted. We were strengthened. We were given the grace. We were given the power to take a stand. And we kowtow, give in, give in. You can't have church, okay? What? We'll get close to the bone here pretty soon. going to run me out of town. I want to remind you who you are. You're gifted. You're talented. You're the son of God. You're children of God. You have power. And you're here for a purpose. Being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will complete it. And it's not for a sissy. I want to remind you who you are. We might not have the physical power of Benaniah to physically go in and take care of a lion. I wish I could have done that. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Johnny, you'll remember Jason, for sure, when when Benaniah got out of that pit, against all odds, and he won. Ooh, wow. He was, oh, I can't wait. We, when I coached these guys, we played schools, 5A's, 4A's. I remember playing at a tournament in Kingsville. Big school. And we went in there and we cleaned them. I mean, mercilessly. Whoa! man. Whew. Now, if we went in there and said, oh, well, we're just a 1A Christian school. I just, I just want to get through. I don't want to be embarrassed. No. We're children of God, gifted by him, empowered by him to take a stand. Boy, he must have felt good. Do you know how it feels when you overcome something that's bad? I can rethink of the times in my life, and there's way too many of them, when God asked me to speak up, and I didn't do it. God set the table up for me to share a testimony, and I didn't do it. Why? Afraid. Afraid. One of the advantages of young children, and one of the advantages of old people like me, is you can pretty much just say anything you want and everyone just says, you know, he's just an old man. You get, you get to the t- time in your life where you say, I really don't care what you think. <laughs> you know? That's okay. I don't care what you said. Just the truth. We might not have the physical power of a Benaniah, but we got power. We got power. It's like having a credit card and that's unlimited, and going hungry. Hello. God has given that to us. We are living in some unusual times. We can't be overcome with fear. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. A lot of ignorant brethren. Verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences in administrations, but the same spirit. There are diversities of operations, all different functions, but the same spirit. But verse 7 says, but the manifestation, how it manifests in our life is given to whom? To everyone who comes to Christ. There are no exceptions. There are no, no, I put no excuses. You have been empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to make a difference in this world. We don't have to take a back seat to anybody. We are who we are. and It's time that we start doing that. I know children of preachers have a, a fear that when they, they have to sit in the audience when their father is preaching, that they're going to use them as an illustration. I'm going to give you an illustration about my daughter, Lucy. Uh, we host a carnival every year. I don't know what we're going to do this year. And we had 1,500, maybe 2,000 people. There were kids going all over the place. We had people in different areas, people from different churches who didn't know me. And one guy set up his Photoshop in our library. And Lucy just is free. I mean, she raised there, man. That's her place. And she all goes in there and walking around and doing everything. And this guy was a pastor in another church who didn't know who she was. What are you doing in here? And he was getting after her. And it wasn't real polite what she did. But I agreed. (laughs) She said, do you know who I am? My daddy owns this. Yeah, Lucy. <laughs> Our daddy owns this place. Talk about nepotism. We always talk about nepotism in politics as being bad. I am glad that as a child of God, I've got some clout, I've got some influence. You know we started late, Johnny. Jeremy? So we're all right. <laughs> First Timothy. 4:14. This is my message. There's going to be more, but this is part of it. it says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Failure to recognize who you are and what power you have and how you are gifted. It says, don't neglect it. It was given to you. You had no choice. The only choice you have is is to neglect it. It becomes a sin to neglect it. It becomes a sin of omission. Uh, uh, Our churches are really famous for telling us about the things that we can't do. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And that's fine, and we need all that. I was saved in a church that was so strict it made you guys look like he, 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 I don't know where you were. On the liberal side of us. Blah, 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 blah. Don't neglect it. We had every rule in the world. And, that's, and you can obey every rule within your church and still look guilty of the sin of commission what are you doing? What are you doing? What did Jesus say? He didn't say great attendance at church. He didn't say, hey, you were pretty generous. He didn't say, what'd you do? What'd you do with what I gave you? What'd you do? Uh, when, When I coached and guys that come out of the game and they did well. I wanted them. But when they didn't do so well, they didn't get they there's coming a day, there's coming a day that we're going to hear well done. thou good and faithful servant well done, not well taught. Well done. And we've got the power to do it. <laughs> Sins of omission. How are you using your gift? You neglecting it? 2 Timothy 2. thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses listen this is important and the things that you heard of me the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others you are starting or you are the product of of someone teaching you. You have a heritage that you've inherited. Are you going to continue that? Or is it going to be a dead end? We've got to draw the line. We've got to step up. we got to have what it takes. Can you imagine in our colleges and universities, even in workplaces now that are just filled with liberal liberal thought, that you can actually go to a safe zone where you're not going to hear anything that's going to offend you. Oh. They got places in big corporations where you can go, where you can just get away because you don't want to be offended. You need your space. What a bunch of wimps we're developing. And it's going to be worse. And young people, you are going to have to fight it harder than we're going to fight it. I hope we can lead the way to fight against what's coming on. Got to have the heritage, the strength. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and those two go together, and I sometimes have to be accused of being the exception of this next one, and of a sound mind, reasonable. Honest, truthful. In our world, black is white and white is black. Truth is a lie. Lie is the truth. And we just say, that's just the way it is. We got to draw a line. We're starting to see some resistance to it. But you guys are going to have to carry it on. You have a gift, not just salvation. There are no giftless, is that the right word? There are no powerless Christians. It's a choice. However, there are many saved people who have adopted the spirit of fear over that of faith. They've adopted it. Hey, I just just want to get through, I just want to get through, you know? I, I... I don't want. I don't want to cause any ripples. What? I, I just want I, want. I just want to get to retirement. You know. I, I just want to take care of myself. Leave me alone. God hasn't given us that kind of spirit. He hasn't given that to us. No safe zones. The safe zones are going to be in heaven. We're in a war. We're in a war for our family, for our city, for our country. The Holy Spirit has gifted every, enabled you with the exact power and talent and gift that you need to chase the lion. You can chase a lion. Ben and I did it. The Holy, listen, this is one of the most important things I'm going to say. you got to hear it. you got to hear this. The Holy Spirit of God will not ever ask you to do something that you can't do. Do you understand that? You're sitting at home or you're driving around or you're just in your normal life and you get an idea about something that you really would like to do. You think, oh, man, I can help in that situation. I can help here. I, I see another ministry here. I can be, be a blessing here. And you go and, and going, you say, oh, man. It's just me. I can't do that. I can't do that. If God gave you that thought, your young men will dream dreams. Are, are, are there any dream makers? What can we do? The Holy Spirit of God will not ask you or give you a dream or a vision that you can't fulfill. That would not be in the nature of God to ask you to do something you can't do. You say, Brother Ray, what if I fail? What if I fail? Do it again. Try it again. I want to tell you, my wife and I packed up. We sold everything and went to Jimenez Chihuahua to, to work in the ministry. I mean, we sold everything. We let, lived in a bus. And we spent a year there and we built a home. And it was a disaster. The people we went to work with were crooks. It was a disaster. And we were on the Chihuahuan desert. <laughs> With a, you won't believe the year, 1946 Spec bus and a suburban. That's all we had. Man, you really failed, man. No. That was one shot. Uh, brought us here. Here right the sir. If you're saved, you have got power. You're gifted. You have influence. It's not a safe zone. It's not a safe zone. The goal in life, believers, listen to me, The goal in life is not to arrive at death safely. I just want to go be quiet. I don't. The goal is to understand who you are in Christ and what he's going to do with your life. Here I am. Send me. I'm gifted. My daddy's in control. I can do it. <laughs> Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. Luke 9.65. I love this verse. I love this verse. And it starts out and says, And Jesus said, Okay, It's red-lettered. Isn't that enough? And Jesus said, any man who puts his hand to the plow, any man who gets saved and gets started, has been gifted and looks back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. You need to understand the word fit. doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. There's going to be a lot of rewardless people in heaven. I don't know what they're going to do. I haven't got that far yet. But you're not going to be useful in the work of God. I cannot think of anything worse than to be not useful. Don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. We're not home yet. You're not home. Not time. Say, I don't know how to get things done. I want to tell you about a, a man I met in Reynosa. He started a camp. Wanted to start a camp. And uh, since I have a lot of children at my disposal, I said, well, it would be good for me to meet this guy who's starting a camp. And I went over to him to meet with him. I met him in this place close between Reynosa and Matamoros. And I went there, and he had a little house that he lived in with his wife. And had coffee with him. And I said, "Where's your camp?" He said, "Here's our plans." And he showed up beautiful plans for a big auditorium, kitchen, and stuff for to host kids. I said, well, where is it? He said, well, I don't have the money for it yet. He said, it's going to cost me $120,000 to build it. And I said, how much do you have? He said, oh, I got about $20,000. I said, dig the hole, put the foundation in, take the step. Make the commitment. He dug the hole, poured the cement. He's had a camp there for 15 years. But he didn't want to dig the hole, he wanted to have a complete package. God doesn't do that. He gives you the next step. The next step you got a vision, you got a dream, you've got a need. Take a step in that direction. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith is so simple. So say you're born here. Someplace along this line, you're born again. Further down along the line, you're going to croak. I just saw on YouTube a friend of mine sent me the funniest joke about Irish funerals, but I'm not going to talk about it. so you got the time to when you croak back to the time that you save got saved to do what live by faith to hear you come to church and you hear great preaching here and you know what's being preached Let's say at this level and your life is here and you know it's from God Who's right? Who needs to adjust? The world wants to pull God down. Not important, not necessary. And it's the only thing for us to do is yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's going to be a step. He will not ask you to change one thing in your life. He will not ask you to do one thing that you can't do. And the first thing you can do is take a step in that direction. I hear you, man. Here I am. After you get there, you take another step. Take another step. And before you know it, you're doing what? You're living by faith, not by sight. Don't get comfortable. We're in a war. You're a soldier, empowered. Empowered. Dig the hole. Chase the lion. Verse six, Second Timothy. I'm going to close with this, I think. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in you. That's my job. Stir it up. You got more? Give it. You got more ability? Use it. Can you imagine coming before our Savior and you bring what you've done? And he says, Is that it, man? (laughs) after all I gave the hue Romans it says for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ I tell you what there's a whole bunch of Christians ashamed of Christ overcome by fear in Hebrews chapter 11 it says But God's not ashamed of us to call us his children. Built a city for us, a home for us. And what's he asking us for? 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years? God's gifted you. God's enabled you. Dig the hole. Chase the lion. And hear the old, older people in here say, I can hear this. I have this super ability to, to be able to hear people's thoughts. Oh, Brother Ray, that's good direction for young people. I'm retired. Let me tell you those who are retired. You're part of the greatest army God has ever provided. You're already funded. You already got experience and you're ready to go. all you got to do is strap on a gun, grab a spear and get into war. I preach to a lot of retired people at, at one of the RV parks and they're preoccupied they say what am I going to do tomorrow? What? Retired to do what? Well, I've got to play golf at this time I'm going to have coffee at this time. And do what? And you're financed. And you have time. And you have experience. And you probably know the book better than I know the book. And you're going, what? I love golf. I can't play it every day. You're empowered. Stir it up. Chase that lion. Dream that dream. When you get that dream, you just nurture it. God's got it covered. God's got it covered. Chase it. get it. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for this time. And Lord, of all the times where I failed to open my mouth, I think of them often. That fear controlled my life instead of my faith. Father, forgive me for that. I pray now today that each and every one of you here would hear this. Would say, dream that dream. Chase the lion. Dig the hole. Stir up the gift that's in you. And God will get the glory. Brother, would you come in close...
0: You know, as we think about what we've heard this this morning and there in this moment of prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, perhaps we're, you're thinking just from what you've heard, what the Holy Spirit began to speak to you about this morning, that there's a lion in your life, one that instead of chasing down, you would run away from. But this morning, the Holy Spirit has shown you through his word that you need to be chasing that lion, that you need to get in the pit with him, that you need to overcome it. Perhaps you're you're just saying this morning, you know, Pastor, would you pray for me? Pray that I have courage. Pray that I'll take that step of faith. Pray that I'll be able to chase that lion and overcome it. Would you just pray for me, Pastor, this week? I want to do that. I don't know what it might be. I don't know if it's in your marriage. I don't know if it's in your personal life. I don't know if it's at work. But just say, you're saying this morning, just pray for me. If that's your decision, would you just raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Anybody else? So just pray for me. I know my hands up. Pray for me. Hands all over. I want to make just one more invitation before we close this morning. And that is perhaps you're here and you're saying, you know, Brother Ray is talking about being a child of God and having power from God and having gifts from God. But to be honest, Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I don't even know if I'm part of the family of God. But I'd like to be. And Pastor, I'd like somebody to just show me how I can know that heaven is my home. That I can know that God can be my father, that I can be a part of the family of God. This morning, I'd like to be a part of that family. Would you just raise your hand and say, I've never been, I've never made a decision To be a follower of Jesus. I've never made a decision to be a part of the family of God. But I'd like to make that decision today. Is there anyone like that? We'll just raise their hand. Father. This morning. You've spoken to us clearly through your word. Oh Father I pray that now as we meditate upon what we have heard. What we've been challenged by. What we've been reminded of. As we think about who we are. Father, I pray that we would not allow that to be something that we forget as we leave your house this morning. Oh, Father, I pray that as we go out and chase the lions in our life. And that we would always keep in mind. What we have heard today. About who we are, about the power we have, about the gifts Help us never to get comfortable. Help our church to not get comfortable. Help our families to not get comfortable. To be reminded that we are in a war. And Father, I want to be a good soldier. I want our church to be faithful to the end. We want to make a difference for you. So we ask that you continually empower us. May we always be mindful of who we are, even when we're at our workplaces, even in our homes. Father, may we not forget this week. Help us to live with that identity. We ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen. And thank you, Brother Ray, for that message. I believe it was rather clear this morning, and it's great to be reminded who we are. But just knowing who we are isn't enough. Now let's go out and live who we are. And that was a great challenge this morning. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were I hope you were edified by the preaching of God's word.